0: You're listening to episode six of the Teacher Innovator podcast. In this episode, we are taking a look at what opportunities may come from these uncertain times. Hi, I'm Jamie Hand, Innovation Learning Coach, and I'm a part of a group of innovative educators who are looking to transform the way our students learn and in the process, rediscover our joy of teaching. This is the start of a new conversation about meaningful innovation that authentically transforms the way we teach. Innovation is not something we do, but rather is a way of being. We are teacher innovators, and there has never been a more exciting time to be an educator. I'm glad you're here. Albert Einstein has a quote, and it goes something like this, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. And yes, right now, currently our education system, this is, we're recording this at the time of all the school closures. We don't know exactly what this end of the school year is going to look like. We never could have predicted this. But sometimes among these uncertain times, there is opportunity. Now, way back in the 1600s, around 1664, 65, the bubonic plague was striking out all in Europe. And Isaac Newton at the time was a 23-year-old student at Cambridge. And to get away from the plague, he self-isolated himself at his family's farm that was outside of Cambridge, outside of the city. And he was known to have said that this time period was his most productive and it was during this time that was, um, comes the old tale of the apple falling from the tree, which led to his discovery of the law of gravity. But he also studied the color spectrum. He introduced new ideas in physics and mathematics. So he used his time in quarantine to come up with all new theories. Now, I'm not saying we have to be like Isaac Newton and come up with the law of gravity, but imagine the possibilities if we use this time to make new discoveries and make the changes that we want to see in our education system. Now, if we think about it, in this fourth quarter of the school year, typically we have A lot of time is allowed for testing and we have the time to not only prep for the test, but then actually take the test and then do makeup for the test. And if you think about it, it is a good block of time that our energy is spent administering and and our students are taking these tests. But now with the school closings, we don't have that. Also, a lot of times at the end of the year is kind of all the fun stuff of school, of field trips and assemblies and different programs. And while we may miss having those this year, and we talked about this in our last episode, that it's okay to grieve the stuff that we are going to miss. But even though this end of the school year looks different, we have some flexibility and we may have additional time that we can try out some new ideas that may benefit our students. Now, as we talked about Way back in episode one, we talked about how our current education system was created and how it was basically set up over 100 years ago to help train students to be factory workers. And while our society is no longer an industrial society, rather we are in an innovative age So how can we be innovative and take this time, this opportunity that we have with our students and try out maybe some of the ideas and maybe even try some of the changes that you would like to see in education. So have you ever stopped to think about what are things that you would change? What are things that you would like to do differently in your classroom but you never had time to? Now, even if we can't implement all these ideas throughout this time of distance learning or learning at home, it's okay, I get it, because we're still, you know, we're in the trenches, we're learning new technology, it's okay, I get it. But also, take some time and start to think about, where would you like to see education go? What changes would you like to see inside of your classroom? Now, one thing that I think is essential and that needs to change in our education system is that we need to empower our students in learning. So many times our students, we do more of what I call compliant learning where they basically are just following your directions or following the lesson plan, following the curriculum, and then regurgitating the answer. Sometimes we have engaged our students where they are engaged. They are excited. But once again, they're actually just, if you think about it, they're just regurgitating the information you gave them back to you. So what would happen if we use this opportunity this time that all of a sudden we have with our students that is in a completely different, new, and unique way, what if we really focused on empowering our students in learning? So what does empower in learning mean? Well, the definition of empowered is the power to do something. So what if we gave our students the power to learn? Now, I know what you're thinking. You, you're probably thinking, oh, but my students are learning. We're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing this. But are you empowering them that they are doing something about their learning? What if we gave them the power to learn? We taught them how to become lifelong learners, but not just lifelong learners, but passionate, creative, lifelong learners. We are preparing our students for a future that we have no control over. I mean, we couldn't even, even have predicted what this end of the school year looks like. So who knows what our future is gonna look like? We don't even know what school is gonna look like next fall. But what if we can model and show and empower our students on how to persevere, how to keep learning no matter what the circumstances are? So what are some ways that we can empower our learners? And an easy way to get started with this concept is providing more choice. Letting students have a little bit of the control and actually let them choose. Now, my oldest, he's in fourth grade. And just last week, his science teacher set up a research project. And it was all done through Google Classroom. But he got to choose um, which human body system that he wanted to do his research project about. And he chose the digestive system. And at the end of the project, when he turned it in, he said, Wow, mom, I actually learned quite a bit about the digestive system. So he was really not only engaged, but he was empowered because he got to um, not only pick his topic, but then also he did the research and put together the project. So his teacher allowed choice. So you can, and this depends on your teaching style. Some teachers are a little more controlled in their choice. So if you are that way, then just start with one or two choices, maybe three. (laughs) But just start with a couple choices that your students can choose rather than just simply assigning them the topic. Another thing to think about when you're empowering your students is to know what they're curious about. And this would be a great um, building connection with your students is that you could reach out personally to each student if this is possible for you. I know not all situations this is possible, but and uh, just ask, what are you curious about? What have we covered so far the school year that you would want to learn more about? And maybe there's a topic they can go more in depth about. Another thing to think about when we're empowering our students is how can we make the learning relevant to their daily lives? So for example, if you are doing math and say you're introducing fractions, uh, what if students had to bake something and they had to use introduction to fractions in the baking. So you can connect what you, the lesson you're trying to teach or the standard, but make it relevant to their daily life. And right now, uh, with the stay at home orders, our, what our daily life is, is being at home. So how can you make those at home connections? Another thing to think about when empowering students is how can you prompt students to begin asking their own questions? Now, this is one of the biggest things I see because I work with all the way from early childhood um, through elementary school mainly. And I see this all the time where my young learners are so excited, they'll ask questions, they ask questions and more questions, they are so excited to ask questions. Where then if I am doing a workshop and I'm working with older students, they don't necessarily ask as many questions. And I really think this is because in school, they're learned in that kind of compliant learning to not ask questions. So think about, are you allowing that freedom and space where your students can begin asking their own questions? And then when students are asking questions about the topic you're studying or the lesson you're teaching, then that can open it up and it may even direct an inquiry project or it may be a great way to let the student even take it further. So allowing that space, that freedom for students to begin their own questions Now, what do you do if the students aren't asking questions? Well, that's where you can use open-ended questions to get them talking and in the course of conversation or collaboration, you really can prompt them to begin asking their own questions. Another way is to model your own thinking and model how you would ask the questions to learn more. Say, you know, I don't know how this works. Let's research it and find out together. And our last tip for how to empower our learners is allowing learners to assess their own learning. I know so many times we can get caught up in the grading and we have all these fancy rubrics and students may fill out the rubrics and but really take a look at it are they assessing their own learning? Or are they just circling a smiley face or I'm giving myself five out of five points without really having to assess their learning? This is one where as you dive deeper into uh, projects and you empower students in their learning, they begin to see, okay, this isn't really working here or what could I do better here? And once again, you modeling reflection questions and your learners having the confidence that, hey, it's, I don't have to know everything. It doesn't have to be perfect. How can we assess this and then improve it and then make it even better? I know one thing I do in my uh, innovation learning workshops is that we talk about that improving our work is part of the process. That is part of being a creative problem solver. So if you allow that opportunity for improvement and growth, and you just explain, hey, this is part of the process. This is how we learn. This is how we make things better. Then learners begin to adapt that and begin to assess their own learning as well. So to review, we have provided some tips on how to start empowering your students in learning and how we can really use these times of uncertainty, and perhaps find a unique and golden opportunity because we have this gift of time right now. And as you're settling into your routine of distance learning and your students are settling in, they're starting to understand how to turn in assignments, parent emails are kind of slowing down a little bit, hopefully, then start to think, What changes do you want to see? And how can you empower your learners through this time of distance learning? All right. Thank you for listening to the Teacher Innovator Podcast. If you found this episode helpful or of value, please give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you're using to listen to this listening to. uh, That helps us reach more teacher innovators like you. All right. Well, stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, happy innovating.